Boom, we're on, Stuart, mate. Welcome to the Wheel Talk Life podcast. How are you doing, Stuart? I'm good, thank you very much for inviting me in there. So, ready to go, so be gentle with me, please. No problem for the listeners uh, listening to this podcast today. I'm great looking forward to this one because uh, the podcast today is with my friend Stuart Mills. He's a massive Adidas enthusiast like myself and we're both wheelchair, wheelchair bound or whatever you want to say is the correct terminology these days. And I've always wanted to get somebody on as well who's like myself and in a wheelchair and also got similar interests as well to myself because I do think it's important, Stuart, isn't it, to get disabled people's voice out there and, you know, show that we don't just sit at home watching Coronation Street all those women. But you know what I mean? No, no, I agree with you. I think um, sometimes uh, people... I don't know, again, you saying about terminology, the correct terminology for normal people or able-bodied yeah. people or whatever you want to call them, just people. Sometimes they don't appreciate that people in wheelchairs and disabled people in, in every different way have <laughs> the same interests as, as everybody, yeah. you know, whether it be music, TV, clothes... Like we said, Adidas trainers, whatever it may be. Women or oh, steady on no, women, music, why no, cars, motorbikes, whatever it may be. Yeah, and I suppose we're gonna get into a lot of them topics today. That there's a lot of things I wanna cover with you, but I do think it's like important to maybe give people a bit of context that uh, you haven't always been in a wheelchair, have you? Or, I've got that right, and I just wanted to talk about sort of your life pre pre injury. If that, that is the case, I think I've got that right. I hope it's. I hope no, I no. Start. No, you are right. I um, I had a, a normal life <laughs> um till two thousand and eleven, um, and then I had a motorbike accident. Oh wow! Um, and broke my back. Um, ended up paraplegic. Uh, paralyzed from the chest down, um, and I've been in a wheelchair so 11 with 11 years plus now. Um, but again, this is like this is my normal in the same way that we, we've talked outside of yeah. this, me and you, when we've met. It's this is our normal, isn't it? You know, we do what we've got to do. What was your life like before you was a wheelchair user? In the nicest possible way, would you say that perhaps like many other people, did you take things for granted, like you know the sheer simplicities of life at times? Or oh, I think know? I think you do. I think you, you take things for granted. I mean, I, you know, I was so up to the age of forty-one um, when I had my accident, and I was living it up, football, clothes. Music, motorbikes, going out, yeah, um, going on holidays all around the world with my wife. Um, then I suppose, yeah, taking life for granted. Um, and then, you know, in a matter of one second, everything changed. And not only did it change for me, it changed for everybody around me, my wife, my friends, family, wife. You know, it, 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 that is... That is the biggest implication for me is 
what it does to everyone around you. Yeah, definitely, yeah. because I, I think, I hope you would agree, I personally couldn't care less about being disabled. It's more or less other, pe other people's actions that either make me feel disabled or the implications on my mum wears or, you know, my, my family or my sister. Say, for example, if they're not able to go out one night because there's not, no one to come in and look after me or put me in bed and things like that, that's the kind of things that, you know, frustrate me because... Our mind works perfectly noble. So when we see things like, I don't know, say, for example, a pub that we can't get in or, you know, other people having to miss out, that's sort of like where the hard part comes in. Would you agree, sort of thing? No, I, I, 100%. I'd agree with you there, Joey. So I think it's very easy <laughs> for you and I and other people, whether it be wheelchair-bound or with a disability or a condition that they have to rely on other people to help them 100% or help them to whatever degree, that it's very easy for the, for the, the individual to feel that they are a burden. Um, but from, you know, from person, I, I mean, having spoken to your mum when, when um, we met up at the, um, Special Liam Gallagher gig we go yeah. about life in general. We're not a burden, you know. They they wouldn't do it if if they didn't want to do it, you know. Especially, you know, your family you sort of take for granted even more, don't you? 100%. But when you but when your friends jump in, and also not only your friends but people that you meet to become friends. <sighs> jump in and, and assist and do whatever they've got to do. See, that's that's the, the the bit that you've got to take into your heart. Think, excuse me, think I'm not a burden. They, they wouldn't do it if they didn't want to do it. Yeah, definitely. I think a lot of our problems, for, for me personally, I don't know if you agree, like, are created from inside our own head. Like, the mind is... Um, you know, uh, um, a massively weird and wonderful place. And I do want to touch more about family and support networks in a bit, but I want to talk about, firstly, if you don't mind, the bit after your accident and the recovery process and how long that took as well and, you know, the yeah. journey that you experienced. Uh, no, well, well I, had, I had my opera, um, accident in July 2011. Um and I was in hospital until August 2012. Um, I was I didn't get out of bed for seven months. Wow. As a result of having um, a pressure sore. So they couldn't get me out of bed until that had healed. Um, so that 13-month period, I wasn't, you know, I was, I was in a room on my own. In hospital, I wasn't on a ward. I was in a, you know, a side ward on my own. Um, admittedly, and I was nearly 100 miles away from home. Oh, my dear. But, but luckily, I had at least one visitor a day, friends, family, for every day of that 13-month period. But I wasn't a good patient. I wasn't in a good place. 
mentally. A lot of that was due, I found out later, was due to being on fentanyl, morphine, opiates. Um, and I was on, unbeknownst to me and everybody around me, until um, probably three three months after I came out of hospital, I was on a, a, a dose that was just far too big, massive. Wow. Um, so I was literally, you know, I was basically a heroin addict because it is it's it's opium based. Yeah. Um, so that took me three months to wean wean myself off because you can't go straight up it. So I had to do three months, literally weaning down cold turkey. So I was basically, you know, just come home, which was difficult in itself because I'd been away from home for so long. And then trying to get off fentanyl, um, which I did have some sort of renting in train spotting, head down the toilet. Yeah. moments, you know, yeah. mentally. But then once I cleared that out of my system, it was like, you know, literally a light going on and my mind cleared and I could start getting my head round moving forward and, and, and I've, I probably and another six, seven months later after doing rehabilitation at home, getting fitter, uh, I went back to work. Um, and again, that was another step physically and mentally. And I've been, and I've worked ever since. I work, well, I do four days a week now. Um, and I have done touch wood, I've been okay and I'm going on. So, really, from that point forward, now the rehabilitation's going well. Now I'll move on. I'm doing. Started. I've just recently started doing some stuff um, with a personal trainer who's. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, well, he's um, a Paralympic gold medal wheelchair racer. He won at London 2012. Ooh, I met him recently. Name? Guy called Mickey Bushel. Oh, brilliant. Amazing, amazing guy. And I've only known him perhaps six weeks now, and I've been training with him three, four times. And uh, again, like you were saying to me yesterday about your training, it's just getting the endorphins going, getting your mind going. The physical side gets the, the mental side going, doesn't it? 100%. You're getting good at this interview, Stuart, because you sort of answered like, the next two questions there in like, the mental side of struggle sort of thing. Was there a moment um for you where you sort of felt like, you know, I've had enough of feeling like this? Because for, for believe it or not, uh, I you know, as we've spoken off camera, I, I am a mental health struggles, but four years ago, I sort of like started to take action and ownership there where you mentioned doing exercise and that because for many years all throughout my school time and stuff and you know a few a few deaths in in my family as I spoke about on a couple of other podcasts. Believe it or not, I'm a, although I'm positive, uh, we all are positive and we try to be positive. I'm also very sort of 
angry sometimes and emotionally volatile inside. So the slightest little thing could make me upset or whatever. And it's just about controlling them, them emotions. Was there a moment for you where you sort of felt like you needed to make a change as well? Yeah, I think I think the thing is with me, um, I wasn't, or I still remember, I was a bit, bit pre-accident. I wasn't very tolerant, and I, and I don't think I still am. I sort of don't suffer fools, and I, I'm quite an impatient person. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, I sort of, you know, perhaps sometimes... I use use my disability and I use my condition as a bit of an excuse and go, oh, it's only because I'm tired or I'm angry because I'm in a wheelchair or but yeah, well I, you know, I, I'm a lot better than I was. Still have my moments and I mean if it, I mean you now people around me probably would say the same, you know, sometimes Stuart, oh dear me, you know. Yeah. You seem a bit, but again, I think everybody, whether to go back to that phrase again, normal people, everybody has their moments. Everybody gets up in the morning and thinks, Yeah, I'm tired, I'm fed up, but I can't next. do this. <laughs> everybody, everybody, you know, has an impact. Someone gets ill, like you said, someone passes away. Whatever it may be, I mean, I've just just been like this morning. And I was just talking to a, a friend of my wife's who's you now she's got stage four cancer of various parts of her body, and she's only like my age. And you just Sorry, yeah, think, you know what? There's always someone worse up, and that that's got to give you a little bit of a positive for yourself, I think. 100%. I sort of started to, I don't know if you do this, but I studied, I started to study the mind and realise we all have these feelings and emotions. It's about pushing past sort of like the feelings and emotions because from like the, you know, dinosaur ages or whatever, if you want to go into a bit of science here, we had these feelings and emotions to like push, run away from dinosaurs or being attacked. But now it sort of manifests itself. Well, oh, I don't want to go and speak to that person in this day and age, or that person might not like because of the way I look, or you know. So it's about pushing past these feelings and getting up in the morning and thinking, yeah, I don't personally feel great today, but let's try and have a good day, you know. <laughs> I like you say, it's understanding as well that we're not perfect as well. Sometimes, you know, uh, people call us inspirational. But, you know, I, I disagree with that because we can be dickheads from time to time just like everybody else, can't we? Which I'm sure you agree with. We all have bad days and stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was talking to a guy recently. Um, he was he was injured in Afghanistan. Um, he lost both legs and an arm um, in Afghanistan. Um and I was, I was talking to him the same sort of thing, inspiration. And I mean, he said to me, the only inspiration that you can have yeah. as an individual is yourself. Yeah. You've got to inspire yourself. 
you can aspire to be like somebody else. But to be inspired, you've got to be inspiring yourself, driving yourself forward. I mean, this guy is... He's, he's raised millions for charity. <laughs> he's done sea swims. He's done 5K runs. Bear in mind, he's got no legs. He's um, he's done 100 mile bike ride. He's now doing all sorts of other things for charity. Um, and I've done some charity work with him. Um, but you, you, again, you speak to these people and they give you, they they give the inspiration into yourself, and you think, you know, well, I'm uh, this guy Mark. When I look at him, I think, you know what? If he can do it, bear in mind he's got no legs and one arm. Or right, I can't do the same physical things yeah. that he can do, but there's nothing stopping me driving forward, whether it be going to work and doing more or going away or going out with friends or no stuff like when when we went to see Liam Gallagher in Blackburn, you know, I bit the bullet. I went on my own. Yeah. You know, I went, you know, hundred miles up the road, I bear mind that's no big deal, but parked up, I went round Blackburn, potted about on my own, met up with you and your mum, met up with Roy. And his wife, yeah, and we did what we did. I mean, the stuff that now, like, I meet up with Roy, and we go off on our um special tours. That Big shout out, Roy, he's, on a good, YouTube. he's a good lad, even though he's a black man, he's a good lad. Yeah, well, to be honest with you, I told him, I told him I was coming on to where. Uh, <laughs> and to do this with you, and he said, Oh, he's all right, but he's a Burnley fan, so. Yeah, I think I think you and him have got this mutual respect, I suppose. 100%. Again, we do our we do our special tours where me and him go off and photograph all the different places that Gary's named all the Adidas stuff over. Class. Now we've been we've been we've been on your neck of the woods in Padium and, and took photos there and, and we've been Not all much around. To see. <laughs> yeah, well, when we, oh, I didn't get out of the car at Paddyham, I refused. All right, fair enough. I thought I might catch a disease or something. Yeah, definitely. You'll have to get up to a Paddyham game. And like you say, he's just getting out and doing things. And with the right support network, I say to everyone, with the right support network, I say we can do anything because for years I didn't really do much with my younger friends because... I don't re apart from sitting in the house and playing at PlayStation because they thought that they were like you know that's what I wanted to do when it never was. I want to get out and about and do things and you know go to gigs and go on nights out and stuff. But when when we kids like eighteen, nineteen and stuff, I'm twenty three now. I don't think back then I was a bit harsh on them because I don't think they truly understood how to deal with the situation. You know. What if Johnny's toilet, or what if we can't get into this pub? Or and it, it's led to a lot of heartache and stuff over the years. Yeah. But thankfully, they are now like sort of getting more mature and coming around to the fun. idea. And yeah. you've probably seen on Instagram, I'm doing a lot more. So, like, that's the next question, really. Uh, how important would you say is that we talked about earlier having a good support network around you? Yeah. To be honest, Joe, I don't think there's anything else more important. 
from 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 our point of view, in the sense of having them people around you, whether they're physically with you, like you said, taking you out, or not taking you yeah, out, going, but going yeah, going out, was, going yeah. going out with you, um, but also having an understanding, like. You were saying, what happens if Joe needs a toilet? What happens if Stuart needs a toilet? What about those steps? What about, well, everywhere, I mean, you know as well as I do, everywhere you go, probably 50% of the places you can't get into. And if you and if you can get into them, it's a nightmare. I mean, I've just just popped out now um, with Vicky, for, to be honest with you, because we're both having a week off work doing not a lot right now. But we just both popped out and said, you know what, we'll we'll go and have breakfast out because we never do that. We went to the place, no problem, got in. And then a friend of ours recommended a bakery down the road. Said they do really good food, go and have a look in there. So we went down there just to have a look, basically. And there's three steps up. So I'll never be going in there. You wouldn't be going in there. Because I actually looked at it, and I don't think you'd have got your your chariot <laughs> through the through the door because it's not wide enough. I might get through, but I don't think you'd get your chariot through. So, but you sort of get on with it, don't you? You just yeah, put it in the memory bank, so I won't bother going there again. And those people around you, their support, whether it be physical, whether it be mental, and sometimes it's just a put an arm around your shoulder in it and give you a bit of positivity. That's what it's about. And, like, you, you know, you've certainly got that with uh, Vicky, your wife. And this is perhaps the most important question for me in the whole interview because it's something that causes me deep, deep emotional problems. I don't want, like, people for sympathy for it. But, like, disability in relationships and stuff is something that really affects me because I don't feel like that a lot of my generation have the understanding around relationships and that. And I've tried many times to, you know, go on dates with women and stuff and or, you know, communicate over social media. But I, I prefer, like, you know, in-person conversation. And I feel like a lot of, you know, conversation or things are done over social media these days. And, you know, how like the social media era where people are concerned like how things look these days. I feel that that's like my where my downfall comes in because I don't feel like people I bet there are some people out there, I'm not being arrogant, but I bet there are some people out there that think, Oh, I do like the look of Joe, but you know, I, I won't go there just in case like what if he does need a toilet or what What would we do if we went to a hotel and we couldn't get in it or, you know, little things like that. So how have you and Vicky sort of had to, like, adapt post-injury, uh, post, uh, could I say? Yeah, I think, I think fortunately, like, we've sort of, we adapt, um, whether it be on a day-to-day basis or as going forward, I don't think, you stop learning. Um, I think she's, I mean, she's brilliant. Excuse me, I just got a flowing nose, sorry. Well, I need to as well. Oh. <laughs> sorry, Joe, sorry. She's, no, she's brilliant because she, she does everything. You know, she'll, if we're going 
to a restaurant or we're going to a pub, she'll ring up in advance. What's the score? Can we get in? What is the steps? Right, we're coming. We'll be there at 11. Can you get the ramp out? Bang and everything. And she, she seems to, we never have a problem going anywhere. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll say to her, calm down, Vic, don't worry about it. But she does, she gets it sorted and, and like we're going going away this weekend just for a you know, weekend with some friends in a log cabin. And like they've all brought my friends and her, they've sorted this log cabin. It's perfect. It's it's set up for the you know, the wheelchair. You know, there's a hot tub with a hoist in it, Jersey. Oh, I love it. You, oh, you can go. I'm going to give you the address. You know what I mean? So Yeah, nice one. Yeah, so she 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 sort of does everything and she's set. You know, uh, you know, like your house is set up for you. My house is set up for me. But she, I mean, bear in mind, she works mega hours with her own business. You know, we've got the girls at home, so she, but she keeps me you know, set up. The girl, I like the girls are adults, but she sorts their lives out, sorts her own life out, sorts of business out. So, and and all the disability stuff, she just ticks the boxes, gets everything sorted. So, I mean, she's, you know, I, I can't say any more that she's fantastic, which she is. And I sort of echo those thoughts about my mum as well, because... You know, she does everything for me. We've got quite a sort of big family or whatever, but the only really help she gets, unfortunately, is from herself, and it causes a lot of stress sometimes. And, you know, I could only sort of wish for what you've got one day with a wife or having children of my own, you know. And when I listen to your story and that, it gives me hope as well because... I do believe eventually people will mature and stuff like that. At the moment, you know, you see girls or like women my age and they come up to you and go, oh, he's well cute, you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, you're fit, can I have your number, please? I don't think you're cute, you know what I mean? It's about changing those perceptions. and That's sort of like the next question, really. What would you say are the common misconceptions surrounding disability? <laughs> um, I think... The biggest misconception and issue is people are scared, but I don't think they're scared of us. Of us, but I think they're scared of themselves and they're scared because there's a complete lack of understanding um, what we have to do and what we have to go through on a day-to-day or even on an hour-to-hour basis. And I know that my issues are different to your issues, are different to... Now I was talking to someone this morning who got Crohn's disease, to their issues and a blind person. Everybody's got their different problems. And I think... I don't... I don't you see, the thing is, when when... I'm out and about. I don't want to be seen as a disabled guy. I just want yeah. to be seen as me, and it is what it is. You know, and I like, you know, when when you and I met up in Blackburn, it was... Enemy it was, territory, no, I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, and I, I won't mention that place. When we, when, we, when we met up in the northwest, um, uh, in, in the Pennines, um, 
you know, it was nice from our point of view that yeah. we 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 were both, you know, it, it's like, you know, cockfighting. It you're always got you, you you go out somewhere like that. You put your best gear on because you're showing off, and that was you wanted to look better than everybody else and everyone was dressed really well and we were dressed really well and you want you know that was another thing it was like sometimes like a couple of people came up to me and go you know oh you, I love you Jackie I love your trainers I love this work and you think they're sort of as though oh, blimey a, a well dressed bloke in a wheelchair yeah 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 and again, I think that's, you know, you were saying earlier about what's tucked away in our mind. They haven't got an issue. It's you making that connection yeah. and that issue. You know, and I, again, I got speaking to people outside there um, who, you know, were amazing people, you know, and I just thought, you know, I've been, I've been lucky like you have. We've been lucky to, to hook up with Gary on numerous occasions and never chat with Gary, you know, and, and, and it's sort of, you know, people like him and people through Instagram, Roy and, and, and yourself, but brought and, and the whole community, the added, whether you call it Adidas community or whatever you want to call it, that's been a help to me mentally, you know, because I, I lost, obviously, when I crashed my motorbike, I lost my my main hobby, motorbikes. Yeah. So since 2011, my, my main hobby's gone. And I think I've sort of replaced that riding motorbikes with collecting bloody trainers, you know, so. It's a positive addiction, isn't it? When did you like first get involved in it, uh, would you say? Um, That's a question. You said we well, think, quite well. <laughs> yeah, well, I think, I think sort of, you know, I've always always been an Adidas man from you know my first proper pair of trainers you know back in early 80s you know a pair of Adidas kick that all people my age that was their first pair of trainers and that sort of started me off and I was lucky you know I played football to a decent standard and my dad always got me and my brother you know, and it, the best possible football boots that he could afford, mum and dad could afford at that point in time. And I went through, like, you know, Adidas Copa Mundials, Adidas World Cups. And then I'm going to swear now, and I say I had a pair of Puma King, <laughs> pair, of Ni- pair of Nike TMPOs back in, this is mid-80s. And then I went on to Predators. But the... And then I always wore Adidas trainers through my 20s and 30s because I was riding Lambrettas. So I had this sort of... Oh, I love it. Modded, had this modded sort of thing. You so are, right? You can tell by the hairstyle. Oh, <laughs> thank you. My, that, that's compliments to my wife, the hairdresser, that is. Oh, I love it. Shout out, Ricky. Um, yeah, so then I sort of had um, you know, the Adidas all through my 20s and 30s. Not... No, I probably have four or five pairs at a time. I used to wear them, ruin them, get a new pair. And then, so post my accident, I don't know whether it was lying in bed for long hours or 
sitting around doing nothing in long hours. <laughs> I just started buying a few pairs. And then, I don't know who introduced me to Instagram, but it's probably the, the worst thing that ever happened to me and also the best thing that ever happened Yeah, well. Because I'd suddenly found this world of collecting trainers. And, um, and I mean, I've been lucky to meet some amazing people who've added to my, who I would, you know, call very good friends. I've added to my yeah. original hardcore of friends that I've always had and family. And I brought these new people in. Um, and I've and it's like the trainer thing now. I mean, it, it, Vicky goes mental because it's like I've got, you know, a bloody storage unit with about 250 pairs in. Love that, mate. It, and then I've probably got another, probably another 50 or 60 knocking around the house at any one time. And it's just, bear in mind, I've probably only ever worn 30 of them and 40 of oh, them. Oh, are you one of these, are you? Who buys them just to stare at them like that, like it's some sort of... No, and to be honest, daft as it is, I've almost got to the point where I don't even stare at them. I just know they're there. And, they're, and I've sort of got to the stage where, you know, I've got, I've got, I mean, I've got every special pair that's ever been issued. That was my original, where I originally started the collection thing. Oh, class. Was I, I started on, bear mind, I probably, I had to go back to come forward with the numbers. And uh, I've got, I've got every special to date. Um, and I've probably got some of the better, not the better pairs, but the the pairs that everyone wants of those specials. I've probably got two and three of those because some I've worn and I've got a collection. And obviously with the raffles, if I'm going on the raffle, and what was happening was I might win two pairs in a raffle, but I'd keep them yeah. rather than send Order. one back. So. <laughs> So, like, you know, stuff like GT Manchester's, I've got three pairs. Um, you know, MRM Manchester's, two pairs. You know, and, and probably the Specials, I've got, I reckon, of the, there's probably 110 plus pairs now. Oh, I've wow. probably got, I've probably got about half of them, I've got two. Um, and then stuff, you know, like I've got the, the Jap Athens that came out recently. I got all four of them. I got the Paul Speeds that came out recently. Love it. Um, but again, I've been lucky, you know, with people helping me out. Roy, Roy's always helped me out if I'm struggling to get a pair. You know, between me and him, we'll help each other out. Anthony, the fat bandit, he helps me a lot now. Yeah, I've seen him. Yeah, yeah, he'll he'll go. He, I mean, fair play to him. But the Jap Athens, he went out of his way up to a size in Manchester and picked my pairs up for me. Wow. Um, and and he's sent them down to my house. I mean, admittedly, I do sort of every now and again. I'll go up and to Manchester onto your enemy territory and pick them up. Right. From him and we'll have we'll have we'll have a you know quick carvery 
quick carvery lunch and a chat and pick up some trainers and you know, meet in a pub car park and add some boxes and everything to boot the car. So it seems all very dodgy, but that's the way it is. But again, you know, that I've got like all the special packs and bits that turned up and I've bought all the certain ones together. So there's a lot of packs. I've got like the, all the Island series, all the all the Gore-Tex gazelles I've got, you know, stuff like that. So again, I, I, there's no real, I haven't got any real sort of goal or, you know, certain, certain stuff I'm going down, I'm not bothering me anymore. I don't buy everything like some do, so it's a bit of a strange addiction, as you said, but it's a positive addiction because technically, you know, deep down, it ain't going to love booze or alcohol or drugs. It ain't going to kill me, is it? Yeah, definitely. And for me, correct me if I'm wrong, if this is the case for you, with football, with trainers, with whatever, with going to gigs or whatever, my mates, my younger mates think I'm weird because I talk to everyone and then everything and sometimes it's not even about the trainers or about the clothes or about the actual football match i can go to a Burnley away game Burnley can be thrown goal and i'm just thinking about what i'm having for my tea or totally engrossed with the atmosphere do you know what i mean i might be being a bit weird like that but it's not about the result of a football match or buying a pair of trainers it's about feeling part of something do you know what i mean the authenticity yeah no yeah, and I agree with you. It's, it's almost like I said earlier about when you get you get dressed up, you know, as, as, as Paul Weller or, you know, Paul Weller said with the gem and early on there, you put your peacock suit on and you go out feeling smart, but you're feeling, you want to be different, but the same. You're in that tribe, whether it be going to a gig, you know, sitting watching Liam Gallagher like we did, where... To be honest, everybody looked pretty much the same, didn't they? You know, the door come. If you you went down and said, I'm looking for an XYZ special coach, <laughs> you could find 10 of them. I was wearing pretty green X- that night. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you know what I mean? You sort of look like, you know, so-and-so trainers. Oh, yeah, there's a pair, there's a pair. Yeah, so well. You're the same, but you're different. You put that twist on it and, you know... You know, you have people turn around saying matches stripes and you, and you sort of have that little bit of colour coordination. But I think we all we all want to look a million dollars. That's what it's all about. And then, as you say, you go to the game or you go to a gig or you go to the pub with all your mates and you feel part of that. You've got a connection with people. Yeah, 100%. And- that's what it's about for me. I buzz off connection, even if I just like meet somebody in the street and we both like sm- smile at one another or have a brief conversation. You know, I could come away from it like feeling really happy. And I'll say this to you right now on camera. I swear to God, this is the best interview I've ever done because it's probably the most relaxed I've ever felt. Because for whatever reason, as part of my condition or whatever, when I speak sometimes, I get really nervous or. Like, you know, my muscle tone increases and that affects, like, the tone of my voice or whatever. And from some interviews, for absolutely no reason, even though the guest has been great, I've really enjoyed it and we've had a good conversation. For whatever reason, I've just come away from the interview, from my own self and my own perspective, 
crying or whatever because I thought that's not how I wanted it to be. You know, I see all these people at university and it's all really professional and, you know, really rigid sort of sports reporting and stuff. And I just, I don't disrupt anybody, but I like having a laugh and just speaking to real, like, you know, doing real things and just being like normal. Sorry to use the word normal again, but swear to God, Stuart, this has been the absolute best interview I've ever done. So, Thanks very much for like coming on, mate. I really appreciate it. No, no, Brent, no, I appreciate being asked. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But one thing, one thing I would add is, whatever you're doing, and you're saying about what they do at university and da, 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 you know what? Who cares? We don't conform. Yeah, you do but... what you you do what you want to do, and then and you look at whether it be comedians, whether it be musicians, whether it be actors, whether it be footballers or wherever it may be in any walk of life, generally, the ones that are different can can push that boundary, you know, especially, you know, like with the likes of, you know, whether it be journalists, you know, you know, you look, you look on comedians and that, it's them people who like, just push it. They don't sit there and think, you know what, I'm just going to do this. Same as everyone else. They just move it a different way. And you see the way, you know, you ask questions or you you come across. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Joe, before I was shitting bricks, but I came on straight away. And I know we've had conversations before, but as soon as I came on, I feel, I feel fine. I mean, don't, I, don't, I don't know what I'm going to come across. I mean, I'm conscious that when I had my accidents, I had to have a tracheotomy I mean, they damaged my windpipe and my vocal cords and my voice. I don't like my voice very much. Um, plus the fact, now, as we said, we'll have to put some subtitles on because no one will understand. No one will understand Grammy, will they? But... I don't like my voice. And when I come across, like when I've heard myself on the phone, I think, but again, certain stuff you can't change. Like we can't change at the, the nature of our physical condition. So just, yeah. just run with it. You know, metaphorically. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, definitely metaphorically. I was going to say, I was going to say me and you ain't running. That's why I always, you know, say to, uh, Say to people, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll walk down and see you. And they go, what? You can walk down. I'm going, oh, God. That just shows how worded of things go. I say, I'll, I'm going to walk up to meet you now. It's the fact that we don't see ourselves as disabled. So the fact that we use that terminology, I like, or I, I went for a walk today. Well, we did it, did we? But we did it our own way. That, that That's what it's about, just like. Pushing through, you know. I've thought about quitting this many times, and I, and I may still yet to be fair, but basically, it's about pushing forward. And you're nobody's got everything fully sorted, and yeah, that that's like a final couple of questions. Have you got any advice for any like person who's just experiencing a post injury, have a disability, or can be a bit of a fruit loop mentally, like me, me and you sometimes, time, you know, with how the mind works, because it's a very interesting place. I don't mean Fruit Loop, sorry, that's the wrong thing. Do you know what I mean? We all have his mental health problems. And if, you know, any advice you have for anyone to do it anyway, you know. Yeah, but I think, I think you saying 
fruit loop is is good because I was, I was saying this that that, that um, Paralympic guy, my personal trainer, the other day, we were saying like we all take the piss out of ourselves to yeah, put but... to put normal people at at their ease. Because, yeah, definitely. Because we want them to feel at ease and to be able to converse with us. I mean, I get this still at work where people, bear in mind to say I've been in a wheelchair for 11 years, they still can't talk to me. And, and uh, I know I don't, you know, I mean, you must get it as bad as I do. People bend down and they talk to you like yeah. slow, slowly and loudly as though you're mentally retarded. You know, like, and you just feel like you're a little baby, and you just and think, how Whoa. are you? Yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, the biggest thing, the biggest, you know, the biggest thing I could say to anyone, whether it be disabled through an injury, disabled through a condition, disabled through, you know, through anything that happened, whether it be an illness or whatever it may, whatever reason it may be, is speed cell. Don't, don't. Don't try and conform. Don't keep. Don't think you've got to tick a box. Just be yourself. Admit it. If you want to sit there and go, right, I'm disabled. I've got to do this. I've got to. That's fine. In the same way that a normal person. But and I think like you, harking back to what you were saying about social media. I'm old. You're young. So social media, to you. You've lived it. You've grown up yeah. with it. It's it, to me, you know. I I still look at it. I mean, I won't go on Facebook. I don't go on Twitter, but I'll go yeah. on Instagram just because that's where the Adidas and the music and all that sort of stuff that I need to be that, that I'm interested in. Football that is for me. But I think the thing is with social media. If you're going to use it whether it be to view or to go forward and put stuff on, you've got to use it how you want to and yeah, not, your platform. not not be driven by it or yeah. not. Probably the same as I was saying, don't don't conform to what you or others expect you to do on social media. I mean, we get, you know it, me and you and, and all them, Adidas guys would get stick. People go, why are you posting a picture of a pair of trainers? And you go, because I've got them and like I want people to see them. Yeah, but everyone else has got them. Yeah, but my, and you all do, everyone, and you've seen it, and we all do it. We all do our photos in a different way. I mean, all my photos, I have a standard sort of way that I've put them on. And the way that, you know, I do literally the trainer sitting on the box like that. Uh, trainer sitting on the box like that. And that's it. All in the same place. All against, you know, my work surface all in the kitchen. And they're all the same. You know, and then like, you know, Royal Porties up in a different way. Bandit puts his up in a different way. You know, and then, you know, like you follow Gary Watson, who's does all the yeah, graphics man. special and all the photos, the way he does the standard photos. And then, you know, there's a lot of people, everyone's different. And then 
again, you, you go to gigs, photograph gigs, you, and, and you go like you, you know, you went to that festival, you know, and you, you just, you follow these people, but don't, don't let them make you what they're expecting. Yeah, definitely. If you want to do something, do it. Because take it from me, as a 52-year-old bloke who was injured like that, life changes like that. So enjoy your life, whatever it may be, because in an instant it can change. But then again, when it changes, go again. Because we're all a long time, you know, we're all a long time dead. So enjoy that, whatever you're doing and what you're choosing to do, whether it be via social media or not, or as you say, turning up down Paddyham's own game or Burnley away or, sorry, Joe, I'm going to swear, Aston Aston Villa at home. Up the Villa? (laughs) Least least the Claret Blue, Joe. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I think you've got to not conform You've got to, if you want to drive something, drive it yourself because deep down, people will help you. But you know what? If you, you're lucky because you've, I haven't got that open mind. I don't think about going forward in the way that you do. You've got ideas. You're young and I'm old and I'm a bit entrenched. It's not but, about that though, mate. You can do anything at any age, you know? Yeah, I know, but you've you've got more of a you've got more of that that mindset where you're thinking about what your lobby you were saying to me about your journalism and then you're thinking do I want to do that am I going to do this how's it going to work yeah and then but it's heavy, but you've got alternate ideas nice and I think I think that's good you're not just thinking right I'm going to be this dumb media studies and I'm going to do this journalism but you're thinking well I can I can go off here I can do this and I think that's that's the way it's got to be and it's yeah, good yeah. that you can think like that Definitely, your life can go down different paths, you know. I do be coaching as well for BFC in the community, and I sort of like enjoy that more because it's like practical and in person. But like today, I buzzed off doing this, so you know, your life can go down different paths, and that that's the main message, you know, a good way to sort of sign off and say just be yourself. Because uh, in in the words of Supersonic, you can't be no one else, you know. Do you know what I mean? No, no, I agree with you. 100% that is you know you've got to as you just said be yourself you can't be no one else nice one Stuart much appreciated I'll end the recording and uh, speak to you afterwards uh, don't go anywhere cheers Paul cheers thanks Joe thank thanks, you for having mate. me appreciate cheers. it always no